God created dinosaurs. God destroyed dinosaurs. God created man. Man destroyed God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Michael Crichton. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Continuing our discussions of book genres, our topic today is sci-fi. Aliens, monsters, kind of, space operas, glorious battles, Star Wars, Star Trek, all the wonderful things of sci-fi and space and technology. Yes. One of the questions I hear a lot is, what's the difference between sci-fi and fantasy? I think this was wrapped up really well by Arthur C. Clarke. Science fiction is something that could happen, but usually you wouldn't want it to. Fantasy is something that couldn't happen, though often you only wish that it could. Fantasy tends to be in a somewhat historical setting, and sci-fi tends to be in a somewhat futuristic setting, whether that's with better technology or more advanced technology or whatever. But sci-fi is always technology-based. So there are a couple of different definitions of sci-fi, and you can kind of sort it into hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. Your hard sci-fi is going to be kind of like the classic Trek, where you have very scientific explanations. It is very based in actual science and current theories about possibilities. It uses those kind of definitions and terms So it can be a little daunting to a non-scientific reader. And I think that's the difference for a lot of people who read Crichton, is they're also kind of science geeks. On the flip side of that, soft sci-fi is the borderline magical explanation to the technology. It exists because we say it exists. There's very little explanation, very little definition to the science. They just say, it's science. Jazz hands. So if hard sci-fi is Star Trek, soft sci-fi would be Star Wars. Yes, very much so. So let's get into the subgenres of science fiction. There are a lot of them. This is a tiny little fraction list of possible subgenres within the science fiction universe. One of my favorite, of course, is military. When you have the laser guns, you've got the halo kind of flavor where you're running out in your mech warriors and destroying things. It's not epic space battles between ships. It's infantry kind of military. Another that is kind of straddling the sci-fi fantasy line would be steampunk and cyberpunk. You have those kind of hand in hand where it's if technology had evolved differently. So if technology had existed without electricity and everything was steam-powered instead. Cyberpunk is your Blade Runner. So you have cyborg kind of situations, you've got androids, you've got that kind of technology in a dystopian kind of world. And it tends to be rather grungy. I mean, there's steampunk, cyberpunk, there's biopunk, nanopunk, and the list goes on about something punks. In <laughs> subgenres. One of the series I'm reading actually is kind of nanopunk. Hmm. It's the Scythe series by Neil Schusterman because everybody has nanites in them 
that heal them, that keep them alive and immortal, basically. J.J. Abrams, especially in his TV shows, instead of treading the line between fantasy and sci-fi, he treads the line between sci-fi and, like, reality. If we just had this one bit of technology, this is how the entire world would be different. Scientifically, it's an interesting thing to look at. So, I mentioned Crichton and J.J. Abrams. Who else do we have in this genre? So many. (laughs) One of the classic ones that a lot of people go to initially is Asimov. You can go further back to like Mary Shelley. You've got Ray Bradbury, Arthur C. Clarke, Philip K. Dick, who wrote Blade Runner, H.G. Wells, George Orwell, Douglas Adams. So many famous authors. And all of these vary between hard and soft sci-fi. Douglas Adams, soft sci-fi, but hilarious. Yes. We're going to talk about him in our comedy episode a fair amount, I think. So what are the common settings for sci-fi? Um, space. (laughs) I know, big shocker, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, the settings are not limited to that. You can have a sci-fi setting almost anywhere. But the biggest thing is you have to include technology if it's going to be sci-fi. Let's get into writing styles. Sci-fi is written very differently than fantasy. I think, at least for me as a reader, the main difference is you have authors who are philosophers in sci-fi. You have people wondering about who humans are and placing a robot against humans in order to understand what humanity is. So aside from challenging status quo or discussing the philosophical nature of humans, science fiction is often art and science mixed together. The original Tron, not so much because it was very new in computer technology, but the new Tron is just beautiful. And the world that they created is incredible, and it it's so deep and wonderful, and it truly is art and science. So if you're writing sci-fi, you should have your book generally between 90,000 and 125,000. So you're right in that same range as fantasy, maybe a little bit shorter, but you're going to aim for the more in-depth stories because you have to build a world, even if it's this what-if scenario of what if dinosaurs existed, you still have to build a world where this makes sense. And you may not have to actually build a whole different planet, though you could. Terraforming is a thing. But you're given a lot of leeway because you need to describe the technology. You need to have an explanation of how it works. It's going to make your book a little longer, but it makes the technology that your book is based on make sense. When titling a sci-fi book, I see a lot of punctuation. One of my favorites, which is based in this Star Trek series called IQ, which is talking about the character Q. But it's written in first person, so they call it IQ, which just makes me giggle. There's also a lot of dates. 1984, 2001 Space Odyssey, 2010. But it's usually some kind of technical basis for the name. I am robot. I am legend. (laughs) Jurassic Park. The technology that you're using in the book is often sometimes included in that title. Because you want your potential audience to be the people who understand what Jurassic means. 
And of course, you can always go with Star. Star Wars, yes. Star Trek. Galaxy <laughs> Quest. Yes. Some sort of space thing to explain your space odyssey. Covers for science fiction books are a lot of fun. If it is a space odyssey, you're usually going to have the ship and a planet and like laser beams, explosion maybe. The colors are going to be very black, white, silver, a lot of greens, blues, futuristic looking colors. Yeah. And lens flares, especially since JJ picked up Star Trek, you see lens flares on a lot of your covers. So connecting back to what we talked about last month, what are the tropes of sci-fi? An interesting one that I see a fair amount of, which is not something I would expect to see, are prophecies. Star Wars. Yes. Another common trope in sci-fi is that some people are more special than others, but everyone is worth saving. You see a lot of that with a lot of the YA dystopian kind of style, where the people are sorted into different houses, and then this person can't be sorted, and they're special, and so therefore they need to go over there instead. The giver is in that category. Divergent, I, as I recall, is similar. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, but another common trope is that science has gone too far. They created dinosaurs, now dinosaurs are going to come back and eat them. One of my personal favorites, time travel. Do we? Do we? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, good old Doctor Who, Back to the Future. The Time Machine. Star Trek. <laughs> Even Terminator has that time travel paradox question mark. That's true. Time travel is a difficult one because there are several theories to time travel. If you want to go with time travel, research the theories and stick with one. And I think time travel is especially interesting because there are a lot of wrong answers and wrong ways to do it, but there are no actual right answers. There was a, I believe it was a Kuhn's book that I read, where they can only travel forward in time. They can't travel backward in time. And then, of course, if you have aliens, first contact. Somebody's got to meet those aliens first. And understanding that language and the difference between the two cultures and will they try to destroy us? Do they just want to communicate? Do they want to improve our warp drive? Sci-fi is such a great genre. It is becoming more popular, it's becoming very mainstream, and more and more people are consuming sci-fi. So it is a good genre to start writing in. It can be difficult because you do need to have an understanding of technology. You do need to have the ability to explain it and explain it well. So it's difficult, but if you want to pursue it, go for it. That is awesome. Write sci-fi. We need good sci-fi. Yes, please. And... If you understand science outside of your writing world, bring that in because that's what the genre really needs are experts in welding or whatever it is that makes the science work in the story. I think that was the secret ingredient that made Crichton so popular in this genre is he was really good at all the sciencey things. So use your knowledge. If you like sci-fi, write it. Just do your research. Enjoy yourself, and always, write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>